at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, June 23rd, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm here today to help you become a better investor. And I can do that by giving you some data and some perspective and some information that you may want. And I've of course, this information perspective has been developed over 20 years, way over 20 years. Let's see, no, I don't know why they say 20 here on my little screen. When I My first investment was when I was 21, and we, uh, so that means I've done it more than oh, about 50 years, 49 years. And, of course, maybe the reason why I'm saying 20 years investment experience, because that's how long we've been doing the radio show. Actually, that is a little shy, too. It's more like 23 years, but that's okay. So right on, t- right at the top of the podcast today, let me make you aware that special new Talk Wealth Webinar is coming up on June 28th. That's this coming Wednesday. The title is Rates and Real Estate, and it's a free webinar, just like everything we do is free. You will gain valuable investing insights for the commercial and residential real estate market in 2023. Topics covered will include the world of REITs, real estate investment trusts. If you don't know about that world, you should. And we have scheduled a, a deferred sales trust expert. His name is Kent Lafarve, or Lavarve, and he will be part of the webinar. So over his 20 years real estate career, Kent's companies have required and resold nearly 500 properties, creating highly efficient income-producing rental portfolios valued at over you know, $9 million and developed a valuable network of investors, attorneys, and real estate professors, professionals. So I encourage you. To make plans to join us on our free wealth webinar this coming Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. And you can register register now at investtalk.com, investtalk.com, okay? With that said, on today's podcast, I'm going to blend my comments with you, with what you, the listener, want to know. You drive the show with your topic selection, not me. I always like it that way. So you set the table. So set the table. It's up to you. Okay? Here on Investor, we do not have a hidden agenda. We work very hard to give you unbiased guidance with the goal of enabling you to remove, uh, to move forward on a path of successful investing. It's, you know, successful investing is a path. You know, you're not going to learn it overnight. You'll just learn to get better and better at it. And if you think you're going to get rich right away, you're in the wrong business because that's not how it works. You can get rich. You can. It just takes time. 
So I'm waiting for your questions. I want your question. The phone lines for Talk is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You can call right now. The focus point today, a billionaire investor says the U.S. is entering a debt crisis due to a shortage of treasury buyers. Hmm, buyers, a shortage of buyers. Why is that so? We've never had a shortage of treasury buyers. So why now? Why in the next few years? That's what he's saying over the next few years. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. Time permitting, I have other topics. Uh, Google has been sued. Google has been sued. And it's been sued based on the fact that it's a monopoly. This is coming down the road for a lot of these big techs. I think we should be aware of that. Housing inventory is improving, and, and it improved in May. Something You realize a 30-year bricks mortgage now costs 6.6%, 6.67% to be exact, but 66 is close enough. And Ford says the U.S. is unprepared in electric vehicle fight against China. So we know that. I've been telling you that, and I'm going to tell you more information. We are not we can't. We 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 are. We we have not prepared ourselves. I mean, I know everybody wants to go. Government is pushing very hard, I, and I don't have a problem. I like electric vehicles, but we don't. We're not built. We're not ready for it. We don't have the infrastructure. And I'm not just talking about power stations to charge your car. I'm not talking just about that. There's other issues. Lots of other issues that we have not dealt with. And did you see the ISM manufacturing for May number? Come on. Not good. So those things, hopefully, didn't get to. I'll get to some of them. I promise you I'll get to some of them. I will. And I have voice bank questions ready to play. Uh, MDU Resources Group, call on that. Or call on Realty Income Corp, symbol O. Uh, that's a REIT. Well, we you know, the seminar is going to be about REIT, so you might want to participate and know what that what they for and i'll try to get to itunes review questions too since it is friday i will also share excerpts from the newest kpp premium newsletter that's coming out we've written it and it will be out to the subscribers tomorrow morning so we got a lot of planned everybody and of course you are the driver i want your live calls 888 chart. You can do it right now. The market was down today. Down Dow down 219 points. And NASDAQ down 138. And the S&P down 34. So the market's still doing its thing. We're not in the new bull phase yet. I don't think we're going to be it until maybe the end of the year. So um, we'll see. That's how the market played out today. Okay, let's go to our first call. We're going to talk to Jerry in Palo Alto. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thanks for calling. Good, good. I got two really quick, two really quick ones for you. One, sure. do I invest AT&T long-term just for the dividend and no expectations of growth? Yes. And two, NVIDIA. And two, NVIDIA, I've done really well. Do I pull some off the table? Yes. 
See how fast that was? Yeah, AT&T, let's go a little bit deeper. AT&T pays 7.2% dividend, and if you look at a chart and you go, man, this stock has done nothing but go down for some time. It's gone from 30 down to $15.45. But every time it gets down around $15, dollars $15 to $16, it stops. So it's 7.2% dividend. That's not in jeopardy and probably will go up. Now, there is no growth, not going to be growth in AT&T. It's pretty flat, but it's a solid business that can pay that dividend. NVIDIA. NVIDIA is a great company. That's NVDA, isn't it, the symbol, NVIDIA? I think that's NVIDIA. NVIDIA yes, it yeah. is. NVDA, yeah. Uh, I love NVIDIA. It's a great company. It's based on the future, but it has made a huge run. It's a $422 stock now. And it's only going to make $9.66 next year. So that's what, what a 45 PE? Yeah, four, no, it's closer to 60. I'll take that back if it makes that much money. And it's growing really fast. I mean, the earnings are growing fast. But I noticed that the sales have slowed way down the last three quarters. I think the run in NVIDIA is getting tired. So I would take some off the top. I don't know. I wouldn't get out, but I certainly would take some off the top. Jerry, two good questions, and I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. That's Jerry calling from KDOW out of San Francisco. 888-99-CHART, everybody. 888-992-4278. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. I'll be right back. KPP Financial invites you to join us for a new Talk Wealth Webinar, Rates and Real Estate. You'll gain valuable investing insights for the commercial and residential real estate markets of 2023. We will also explore the world of REITs and delve into a comprehensive analysis of the Deferred Sales Trust, a real estate tax deferral strategy. The Invest Talk Wealth Webinar will take place on Wednesday, June 28th from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And it will be led by InvestTalk host, Justin Klein, along with KPP Financial Portfolio Manager, Luke Guerrero. This complimentary webinar is your opportunity to learn from top finance experts in the industry. So go to investtalk.com, register for this free wealth webinar, Rates and Real Estate. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hello, boys. This is Ben from Sausalito, California. I had a question about a stock ticker OCCI. It's part of the OFC credit company. It's a closed end fund. I've held on to it for a while in a speculative folder, kind of like just waiting to see what would happen. I've held it for about a year and a half now. They never cut their dividend. It's at 55 cents a quarter. Just asking what's your idea of it. Thank you. Okay, this is OFS credit. It's a closed-in fund. Do you know what a closed-in fund is? Everybody, if you don't know what a closed-in fund, you shouldn't be investing in it because you don't know enough. 
This is a closing fund that provides capital and leverage finance solutions to U.S. corporations. Do you know what that means? See, this is more, much more complex than what, what just that it pays a really nice dividend and it makes a lot of money. It's going to make $2.06 this year. And it's an $8.42 stock. So it says, wow, that's really inexpensive. That's a what, 4 PE. Last year, it made $10.61. year before, it made $14.15 a share. 2019, it made $17 a share. Now, this year, it's going to make $2.06 a share. Why? Do you know why? Again, do not invest in these kinds of stocks unless you are very, very well uh, informed on what they do. And what is a closed-in fund? A closed-in fund is versus an open-in fund. Do you know the difference between those two things? Before you invest in anything, that's a basic thing that you should know, what a closed-in fund is. And basically, I'll tell you real quickly, it means it has a finite number of shares outstanding, meaning they only have a certain amount of shares. Uh, this one has 10,800,000 shares. No more, no less. That means the stock can trade at a discount or a premium to its underlying value. Unlike an open-end fund, which trades at what's called net asset value. Now, I just used some terms there that if you're not aware of what those all mean, you shouldn't be investing in, this, in, in any of these stocks, open-end or closed-end, because you don't know what they mean. And you can, it's not rocket science, you can find out what they mean, but you need to walk before you can run. So find out, learn this information, then move on, okay, to invest in these things once you understand what they do. This one I'd stay away from because I can't tell from my screen what they actually do. They provide capital and leverage finance solutions to U.S. corporations. Well, how do they do that? Leverage means borrowed money. How much money are we talking about? What are they leveraging? How much? How, what's the cost of that money? That kind of stuff is what you need to know. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, though. Okay, uh, when people take the time to leave an Investop podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So this is Barut Don. I am curious as to your thoughts on PKOH. Let's put that in PAOH. Let's see what we got there. Um, Park Holdings is a heavy manufacturer in many industries, especially parts that not many companies uh, um, any longer make in America. It looks like a highly cyclical stock as possibly a good entry point. What am I missing? Highly cyclical stock means that it's attached to the economic cycle. So if the economic cycle is doing well, these stocks do well. They make a lot of money. When the economic cycle goes into recession, they do poorly. And usually they move before, before you recognize what part of the cycle you're in. This uh, provides supply chain management services, manufactures high engineered industrial and aluminum products. It is a 225 million company, meaning it is very small, very, very, very small, very, very, very high risk, uh, and it's inexpensive. It's going to make three dollars and fifty-six cents next year, and it's a seventeen dollar sixty-three cents stock. So it's just very small and has 
One thing that worries me is a lot of debt. They carry a lot of debt. We're going to a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on the Invest Talk Voice Bank. Or if you're listening via live streaming uh, or on AM1220 radio in San Jose, San Francisco, San Francisco, give me a call now. 888-99 chart. Best Talk Podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. My focus point today. Okay, a billionaire investor says the U.S. is entering a debt crisis due to shortage of treasury buyers. Now, you know our U.S. government debt is skyrocketed and continues to skyrocket. And at the same time, political situations where uh, there's some doubt, I'm talking about internationally, about how safe buying the U.S. debt is. And that, as we're talking about Ukraine and the uh, the uh, Russian debt, the treasuries they have, and how we are been, you know, they have 300 billion, Russia does, 300 billion worth of assets, and they froze it. The U.S. government froze those assets. Well, you don't think that has a ripple effect on other countries who might own our debt? Remember, we are indebted to these countries. We are indebted to anybody that owns our treasuries. We're in debt. You get so far in debt that pretty soon they control you because you need them to buy your debt. Now, this is Ray Dil- uh, Ray uh, Dalio. He doesn't say that's where we are now, but that's where we could be. And he feels interest rates are probably, on our debt, probably going to not change much, go down, in other words. Uh, because he's saying we're in a cycle, of, you know, a, a debt cycle that is going to be very difficult for us going forward because we're still putting ourselves in more and more and more debt. And right now, people think, well, what's the problem? I don't see, you know, I've, I've talked to some relatives and said, well, what's the problem? And, you know, we just issue more debt. Doesn't seem to bother us, doesn't seem to hurt. And that's ignorance talking. You don't understand how the ripple effect of our debt is so massive that when Someone owes somebody so much money that that person who holds the debt controls the person he owes it to. Or else he'll default. Are we going to default on our debt? Probably not. But we aren't garnering any friends around the world when we freeze assets of countries. And I'm not saying we shouldn't freeze assets of Russia. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the result of that. Where other countries look at it and say, well, are we next? Should I be buying U.S. debt? That's what the thinking is. So just be aware that this could be a big problem for us coming in the future. What could solve this? Well, we could stop borrowing money and maybe grow our economy to catch up with the amount of debt we have so it's not such a big burden. How about that? Or we actually could pay down the debt, but I doubt we'll ever do that. In my lifetime, probably not your lifetime either. Okay? On Fridays, I generally may take time to fit in a quick rundown on the key benchmarks. 
Okay, two-year treasury yield, 4.74%. 4.74% for a two-year treasury. That's the yield. Okay, and 10-year right now is 37 So for a two-year pays 1% more than 10-year, and that is not right. That is an inverted yield curve, and an inverted yield curve is not a good sign for our economy. It's been inverted for a year, over a year. So far, it hasn't had that much of an effect, but it will at some point have a pretty significant effect. Now, I'll give you some perspectives. Okay, so the two years at 4.7, okay, uh, 78 weeks ago, it was 0.64. So what's that, a year and a half? A year and a half ago, it was less than, it was two-thirds of 1%. Now it's 4.7. The 10-year Treasury was 1.7%, 1.7 year and a half ago. So the two-year is paying 0.64%, and the 10-year is paying 1.7%. That's a normal yield curve. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it normally is in a healthy environment, economic environment. We don't have that anymore, everybody. Gold, $1,919 per ounce. $1,919. Last week, it was $1,959. Six, 70 weeks ago, about 70 weeks ago, which is not quite a year and a half, it was $1,806 an ounce. So it's gone up in that period of time, but not very much. Been pretty stagnant for most of this year. Silver today, $22.37. Last week was $24.15, so it's gone down two bucks, about almost 10%, not quite, but in a week. And it was, this, if you go back far enough, you know, a little over a year ago, it was $23.94. So it's done nothing, it's gone down. Oil was selling at $69 a barrel today. Last week was 71. Okay. Uh, it was 66 a year and a half ago, and now it's 69. So it hasn't really gone much. So it's a 5% increase in a year and a half. Not bad. The national average for a gallon of gasoline, $3.58. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. We want to answer your questions. Our listener line number is always ready for you, 888-99-CHART. Beginning our experience, we're here to answer your questions. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process. 
designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. KPP Financial invites you to join us for a new InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Rates and Real Estate, June 28th, from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. You'll gain valuable investing insights for the commercial and residential real estate markets of 2023. So go to investtalk.com, register for this free wealth webinar. Hi, this is Mike from Texas. And I'm calling about MDU Resources, ticker MDU. There are three main businesses within MDU, electric and natural gas utilities, pipeline, and construction. Construction and utilities make up a majority of MDU's earnings. MDU recently split Knife River from them, with Knife River being its own publicly traded company. MDU's return on equity for the past 10 years averages about 10%. The 10-year average for return on Invested capital is 6%. 10 year average for return on assets is 4%. They've made money nine out of the past 10 years. The price to sales is 0.58. Price to book is 1.17. The dividend seems safe as the payout ratio is at 47%. Debt to equity is below one. Shares outstanding is up about 10 million over the past eight years. I'm looking to increase my exposure to mid cap industrial companies and uncertain on MDU moving forward. What are your thoughts on MDU as an investment? Thank you for everything that you do. 
Well, almost everything you said, almost everything you said is is correct, okay? All those things are correct. You didn't mention debt, that they don't have a lot of debt, which is also good. Sales, what bothers me a little bit here is I can see sales growth in the low 20% every quarter, 23, 29, 25, 21. And yet earnings are going to be down a dollar, down 35% this year to $1.22, and then down again next year at 4%. This is MDU Resources, everybody, provides construction, mining, pipeline, and energy, natural gas, distribution, and electric. So, and it's a $4 billion company, so it's a mid-cap size company. Cash flow is pretty strong. And as you, as I point out, all the numbers you, you mentioned are correct. Mutual funds have been pretty steady holders of this in the last year. Um, I don't know what's wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with the company. I just don't think it's much more worth than where it's selling at. I don't see the value here. Sales growth is strong, but the earnings are going to go down, and I don't like that. I want to know why that is happening. Shouldn't. Shouldn't. Sales growth growing 20% a quarter, that means 100% in a year. Sales grew 100% in a year, yet earnings are going to go down. Now, maybe they sold off that unit, therefore earnings are going down. Uh, but then what that does, it makes the company worth less because earnings are going down. If a $1.17, it's a $19 stock, almost a $20 stock, then you're talking about, what, 18 PE, and that's not inexpensive. That's on the upper end of its range. Okay? MDU. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today and will go and be, be, be distributed tomorrow morning, as it always is, every week. In the market condition sections, we explain. U.S. Equity, equities were down a, uh, at midday today with S&P 500 set to snap a five-week winning streak. With the dollar index rising and crude oil continuing to slide, digital assets saw massive gains on the back of the news that BlackRock, Followed by several other firms, filed paperwork for a BTC ETF. Overall, this week marked a pullback that continued to resonate with an overall bullish sentiment. Looking at real estate, this week enjoyed the release of monumental report on housing stats. Okay, showed that new homes jumped twenty one percent. That was going to be part of my talking point today. Uh, it looks like the housing market is starting to improve. The backlog, the shortage of housing. Uh, this occurred, this 21% growth, this occurred as the overall supply of existing homes continued to be at low levels following the Fed's campaign to raise interest rates. Building permits, which are a sign of future construction, rose by more than a modest 5.2%. So all this supports a bullish case that projects demand through the next several years will continue to remain in the soft landing scenario. Soft landing meaning the economy, meaning that the housing market's not going to collapse. So, Fed Chairman Powell headed to Capitol Hill this week to testify before Congress. He continued his hawkish stance, telling Congress that although there has been some great progress in fighting inflation, there is still a long way to go, admitting that there is still the potential for additional hikes this year. And as I've told you many times over the years, 
The Federal Reserve gets it wrong almost all the time when it raises or lowers interest rates. It goes too far in both directions. I think they should be done with raising rates. And to me, it makes more sense to stop and be a little proactive instead of reactive. But that's not how the Fed works. They always are reactive. And, of course, there's a lot more in the commentary in the newsletter. If you ever want to get that, I think you'll see it. And the stock idea section. There's four sections in the newsletter. You know, the first one is the market conditions section. Second one in the stock idea section. And we we highlight a company that operates 838 retail stores worldwide with most sales derived in the United States, 73%, and Canada, 14%. It sells memberships that allow customers to shop in its warehouse. It mainly caters to individual shoppers, but nearly 20% of paid members carry business memberships. The company traded near its fair valuation, although we expect growth to continue. It may be prudent to have this on your watch list and wait for a pullback to the $480 to $500 range. Hmm. You think you can figure out that company? Hmm. Think you can? Pretty easy, I would think. Uh, we also looked at a company that has operated as an independent organization since it split from a large North American grocery business in October 2012. The firm is a leading player in the global snack area. Its portfolio includes well-known brands. The firm derives... Uh, around one-third of revenue from developing markets, 36% from Europe, and the remainder from North America. The stock has pulled back and stabilized after its jump in early May. And of course, you know, if you get the newsletter, we name names, give you symbols, we tell you exactly who they are. But we can't do that over the radio. You know why? The SEC has rules. One of the rules is we have to know our customer. And when we don't, we don't know who our customer is when we give information about stocks over the airwaves. Now, the little loophole about that is if you you ask about a specific stock, I can answer that question. But notice that we don't talk about, well, go buy this or go buy that. We don't do that. You can't do that as money managers on the radio or TV. You can't do that. Not supposed to. So I give you a little sample teaser of what's in the KPPB newsletter. And, of course, if you're a subscriber, you get the full edition every week. We do it weekly, each Saturday. Okay, so there's also a portfolio uh, uh, portfolio management section and a consumer watch section. So you can learn more by subscribing anytime at investtalk.com. Investtalk with two T's, no space, dot com. Okay. Well, Google got sued as a monopoly by Gannett Company. Gannett Company owns a bunch of newspapers. Okay, they're alleging it is a monopoly. I think this is going to be just first the first salvo of multi-year lawsuits against companies like Google, big tech, that dominate their sector. And then this one here is advertising, right? Gannett is saying they are a monopoly at tech, with their technology tools that Gannett cannot compete. And we're not supposed to have monopolies in this country, and we have several and every time they get too strong, we history is told that would show that we have broken them up. I thought they would be broken up way before now. Be honest, I think that you know they should be probably split apart, split apart. 
certain business sec- sectors of these overall, they need less monopolistic power. However they achieve that, I don't know. I'm not an expert in that area. But that's Google. Okay. Also, housing inventory, as I just said, improved in May. Do you know what a 30-year mortgage is? 6.67% right now. 6.6% for a 30-year mortgage. How many people are going to sell their house and make a good bundle on the house, but turn around and go buy another house? So they're going to sell their house in which they have a 3%, 3.5% mortgage because they were so cheap, and trade that in for a 6.6% mortgage, 30-year fix. How many people are going to do that? It's one of the reasons why you're probably going to have a tight market for a while because people don't, that's double, double what they're paying, what they're paying now. They're going to be, you're going to be hard-pressed to get you know, people selling their house to trade it in for a much higher mortgage. It's going to, it's going to be difficult. The ISM manufacturing number for May came in at 46.9. 46.9, everybody. Remember, 50% or higher is indication of expansion. 50% or lower, contraction. Hmm. That means our manufacturing sector is falling, is contracting. Now, of course, our service sector is much bigger than the manufacturing sector here for us in the United States, but that's not a good healthy sign. You know, a bunch of experts, you know, the big houses think that by the fourth quarter of this year, we'll be in a recession, the fourth quarter, and they're saying that the fourth and first quarter is where they're going to see that recession, two quarters in a row of shrinking GDP. And this is indicating that that could happen. So just be aware of what's happening out there, everybody. Okay? Justin Klein and I have been telling you for a while about who and what we are and what's going on in the market environment and talk about the cycles and the natural part of life in this markets and economic cycles, bear markets, bull markets, and everything in between. So if you're a serious investor, you need to understand these things and adjust your thinking based and your strategies based on where you are in the cycle, where we are in the cycle, and where you are in your life cycle. Are you retired? You're just getting started? You're in the middle of it? You're raising a family? Your family's already left? What? What? Where are you? And adjust your investment style to fit your personality and the times that we're in. Very important. If you don't know how to do that, that's why you have money managers such as KPP Financial. That's what we do. And, of course, we do this with a little bit different bias. By that, I mean we don't have bias. We provide unbiased guidance. We also have uh, – uh, we, we participate in what we call parallel investing, meaning we buy and sell the same thing for ourselves as we do for our clients at the same time, same price, same percentage of the portfolios, so that everybody is on the same side of the table, including us. So if you want a free portfolio review of what's going on with your particular portfolio, we'd be happy to do that. And we also want to take a look at your your particular risk level, your risk tolerance, how much you're willing to take, and make sure that matches with what you really are taking, how much risk you're taking in there. We are in Irvine, California. You can call our KPP financial offices there anytime you want. That's in Southern California between L.A. and San Diego counties, in Orange County. 
I think in, if you speak to us just for a few minutes, you'll see that we ha- we are different. We really are. We want to, you know, we want to demonstrate our difference to you, but you got to let us. We want to help you. If you let us help you, we'll help you. We don't, you don't have to be a client. You don't. We help people all the time. We that's what part of the radio show is all about. Just helping people make better decisions, get more informed. We believe if you're if you're well informed, you, the investor out there, if you're well informed, you would either increase your knowledge because you know you need to, or you let somebody else manage your portfolio for for you. That would be us. Either one. But either way, we'll help you with that. This is Invest Talk. Thanks to you, we have achieved now fifty-three million dollar down three fifty-three million downloads. And we want to thank you for that. Next up, a caller question, if you'll just hang on. KPP Financial invites you to join us for a new Invest Talk Wealth Webinar, Rates and Real Estate. You'll gain valuable investing insights for the commercial and residential real estate markets of 2023. The Invest Talk Wealth Webinar will take place on Wednesday, June 28th from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. So go to investtalk.com, register for this free wealth webinar, rates and real estate. And now the Invest Talk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. Thank you for the show. I had a question today about Eagle Materials, ticker symbol EXP. I own the company for a little bit now, and... I'm up a little bit. I just wanted to see how you felt about the company and the sector and if you think I should trend or hold on to the position. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, this is Eagle Materials Company out of Dallas, Texas. Manufactures gypsum, wallboard, cement products for residential and commercial infrastructure applications. So it's a very cyclical company, and the question is, is where are we in our housing cycle? I told you the housing cycle is probably going to stay fairly strong, but it, we're also probably falling into a, a small recession. So, you know, you, you got to – they're growing in their low teens uh, sales and 7 to 8% in earnings every year. It's going to make $14.54 next year. It's $174 stock. So the forward PE is like 12 the range is 8 to 27, so it's on the lower end. Return to equity is very good. So it's a very solid company. Doesn't pay much in dividend. $6 billion company. So it's been, it's making new 52 week highs, so it's pretty good. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom, and our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now. 888 99 chart. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. That means you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. My name is David from Portland. Love the show. I was calling in today to get your take on... REITs, in particular, 
Realty Income Corp, ticker symbol O. I was wanting to get into this, and it seems like it's starting to look pretty attractive with the 5% dividend. My main concern is with REITs in general is all that empty office space. But other than that, that's probably why this is down. Anyway, I'd love your take on Reality Income Corp, ticker symbol zero. Thank you. Okay, this is O, symbol O, Reality Income, the REIT, that real estate investment trust, that acquires retail properties leased to regional national retail chain operators located in 50 states. Sales are growing. Uh, the, the, the pace of growth is slowing down sharply. Uh, it was three quarters, four quarters ago, it was 75% sales growth, then 71% sales growth, then 30% sales growth, and the most recent quarter, 17% sales growth. So that tells you what direction they're going. It pays a 5.2% dividend. They're going to make $2.74 this year, down from three ninety-three. That's 30% reduction in earnings. Then next year, it's going to go up to, up to two eighty-six. Um, I would stay away from this type of REIT. I like REITs. I like, uh, but only a specific kind uh, at this point, because I think you know retail space is you know is going to be difficult. I think uh, office space is going to be almost impossible to make money. So stay away from those REITs that specialize in office space. But there's certain other that should do well. Medical REITs, maybe. Uh, uh, maybe uh, there's a read out there, I think, that uh, specializes in technology. I think that's going to do well still. So this particular one, I don't care for too much. It's been around. It's big. It's $40 billion. It's been around a long time. It's going to pay this dividend, which is if you buy it for the dividend, you'll be fine. Okay? Pays a 5.2% dividend. So, Okay, Ford says U.S. is unprepared. This is the CEO of Ford, by the way. Says the U.S. is unprepared in the electric vehicle fight against China. China has over 100 battery manufacturing companies, and they'll be at 200 very soon. We don't have hardly any. What do you think that's going to do? Going to put us at the mercy of China again. Okay. Uh, I don't understand why we think we can just switch to electric vehicles when we don't have the infrastructure for the electric, to make electric vehicles. We're going to rely on China on a lot of stuff. Now, I will say this. We are starting to wake up, starting to produce some of the things we need, you know, uh, especially to make batteries. I mean, that's kind of kind of crucial, don't you think? Um, China overtook Germany as far as uh, uh, exporting cars. Guess what they're going to export to us? Their electric cars. So this is going to be an issue. It's going to be an issue for years and years. And I don't know if we have the fortitude or the long-term vision to understand if we want to be the uh, leading car manufacturer in the United States, we better get on the ball here. Now, Ford knows this. GM knows this. They all know it. But when they're dealing with companies that, you know, are, that can undercut your price so dramatically, it's difficult to compete. Right? Difficult. 
And we let them do that. We let China do that. We let them. You know, we let them import anything they want to us, export from them. And that means they're just taking away our wealth and they're making, we're making them wealthy. That's what that means. You know, every time we buy an export good, that reduces our GDP. Now, how can we offset some of this? Well, we could pump some more oil and sell it. More because we don't need all the oil we have. We can, we can use energy just like Saudi Arabia uses energy. We could, but we won't. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Remember that our new wealth webinar is set for June 28th. That is next Wednesday, everybody. The topic is rates and real estate. Register now at investtalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.